All right, I'd like to introduce our next speaker. His name's Jamie Johnson. No. Uh, we figured in light of um, the morning that we've had already that we, I probably don't need, uh, I, I probably don't need to be introduced. My name is Jamie Johnson. Um, I'm really, <laughs> Kevin says I'm fun, so I got that going for me. It's one thing to be fun, it's another thing for Kevin to say you're fun, it's even better. No, I'm um, a part of the church in Atlanta, um, and um, really, really grateful to be here with you guys. I am uh, an elder at Covenant Life Church that Chris is the pastor of. I'm an associate pastor there. And then I'm the executive director of a, a, non, a nonprofit that's really a, a ministry called Boy With A Ball that works around the world to help young people. I've done something crazy today. I've just put all my notes on my phone. I've never spoken from my phone before. I figured, what better time to try something new? So, uh, Let's pray. Jesus, we're grateful for this morning. We invite your presence into this place. And Lord, we're, we're more interested in touching you and being touched by you than in anything else. And so just pray, Lord, that, that we would be sensitive to you and that in the next minutes and really across the rest of this weekend, Lord, we would have an encounter with you that would change us and help us as we walk into what's ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm so grateful for Mark and Karen. I could talk for years about well, what it is to be their friend, and so it's great to get to come after them. But I thought of a Josh story that is my, there's so many Josh stories, but this is just a great Josh story. So Josh had just come to Costa Rica as an intern, and that intern batch included Ruth Holbrook, uh, Josh Woodruff, and then this young lady that Robert had introduced to us named Kathy Swoboda, who was like, we, she was, wasn't a kid who had grown, grown up in Covenant. And um, here comes this group, all of which were going through a lot of things. Josh was going to language school. Uh, we tired those guys out. We were out on the streets like three nights a week, but then we were waking them up early to, um, to go into uh, neighborhoods and a squatter settlement. It, they were really tired, and then they would have to spend also with, uh, this is cutting in and out. They would spend all afternoon on Saturdays with Leroy Curtis and, and he would do kind of theological training. So it was nonstop. Everybody was tired. Perfect. People were getting to the end of themselves. And so of course we thought it was a good idea to participate in a vigilia, which in Spanish is an all night prayer time. So everybody's tired, but we'll just stay up all night. Uh, Matt Sarder's uh, mad at me still for things like that. So, uh, though he wasn't a part of this one, <laughs> thank goodness. So we're in this uh, vigilia, and they would take little breaks. You would pray, and you would worship, and then you would take a break for a little while, and you could go do stuff, and it was a lot of young people. And so I stayed inside, but everybody else went right outside to be having an experience with Jesus. It was a really important conversation, and something was happening, and I was conscious of time and knew that we didn't have that much time before the break was over. And all of a sudden, I see back behind the kid is Josh, and Josh is looking at me like, I know I'm interrupting you. And you could tell he had been sent in by the others, because like, he likes you best. Just go on in. And, uh, <laughs> and Josh is like, stuff like that. And finally, he realizes I'm just ignoring him, so he, he comes up and he's like, I know you're busy. 
but there's a situation outside. We could really use you out there. And it's like, hey, come on. You can handle this. Get out of here. I've, this is important. So we talked for about two more minutes. It felt like 10 more minutes. And then all of a sudden, Josh is back. And he's getting more and more stressed because he knows like, he's going up against a buzzsaw on this. He knows he's going to get in trouble. And he's just like, hey, so I totally heard what you said to me about it. I was supposed to go back out there. But uh, I'm not in totally sure you understand the magnitude of what is going on out there. And so I'm really mad at this point. I just say, Josh, you guys are here out of your relationship with the Lord to be led by the Holy Spirit into encountering moments. You do not need me. Get out there, for goodness sake. And so it's quiet for a second, and it's maybe 45 seconds left, and there's Josh. And he's just like, listen, there's a girl outside that's going through deliverance. The demon is screaming out that it's a demon of torture. Nobody has any idea what to do. Would you please come outside? So... Yeah. Love that guy. It is impossible for me to be years of started messages by talking about the impact that you guys have had on my life and on Kathy's life and on anybody that we've had a chance to touch in our lives. Um, what's kind of interesting is my first experiences of ACM, I wasn't allowed in the meetings. Like, I was a part of the worship team. So me and Scott Sweeney, we would come and, like, play with the worship, and then we left so you guys could meet. We were... We were young, we were it, and uh, we snuck into some later meetings, but um, that was my first encounter with you. And things changed a little bit, um, really over time, as, um, and shifted as Chris would later invite me and Matt and others to kind of come in, and we got a chance by coming to ACM to be with the leaders that we were hearing all the stories about. And, and we were hearing about your congregations, we were hearing about where you were from, we were hearing so much about you, and Chris would share a lot. I heard about Kevin so much from Chris. And then we had this chance to come in, and it was almost like you had a, you had a manual or a guide, and you were like going around and like, I'm going to be next to that person, or I'm going to be next to that person. That shifted again when Robert invited Kathy and I to be a part of their team, and we'd get to be with them and, and all of these guys in Colorado Springs. And we got to know everybody more deeply. And uh, there are so many stories I can tell you of, of what, what that did to me as far as what ACM meet, means. Um, our first time at the team meetings with uh, Robert and Sue, we were so young. And I said to Kathy, outside of the front, we probably were the last to arrive because we rode up with Beth and uh, drove all night to get there all day. Like Beth had gone to a ring ceremony dance or something for her brother at the Air Force Academy. And I sat outside and I said to Kathy, be prepared to be really dishonored as we go in. <laughs> I said, they won't mean anything by it. We're just really young and they won't know what to do with us. So just, we'll just, just hang in there, you know? And so we walk in the door and we came in through y'all's front door in the room where the piano was. And there's Leroy sitting right there. And Leroy looked up and said, hey. And I said, hey. And he said, uh, you know the problem with your generation? <laughs> and I said, oh, you got to narrow it down to just one, huh? <laughs> you know, so that's pretty good. Um, and he said, well, the moment that it hurts, they run. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's so true. <laughs> you're, you're right. And then I turned, and there was Brian and, and everybody. And that night, as it was time for dinner to be over, and we went back to the hotel, it was time for us to go to bed. Everybody was going to bed, you know, get back to the room. And Kevin and Dudley and, and Jim and Debbie, they were like, where are you guys going? We're like, it's bedtime now, right? <laughs> we have no idea how these things work. And they said, um, 
they said, no, come on. And we stayed up that night forever. And it was one of the first times Kathy told her story to anybody. And uh, the Lord showed up and knit us together in a way. And Kathy back then, she just couldn't be in a room. And she just, Kathy doesn't love to, to talk unless she knows for sure it's supposed to be what's supposed to be said. And so group settings are not her favorite. She'd much more be one-on-one. But the, all week, week, she's just kind of being kind of quiet and wondering if she belongs in any room. And we had this one final session where we prayed and encountered the presence of God. And it was a significant time. And the Lord was there. And uh, Jim, all weekend, just kept coming up to Kathy prophetically and just saying, hey, are you speaking tonight? Like, are, are you, you know, you're the one sharing? And Kathy was like, oh, no, no, I'm not. But he was messing. He saw something prophetically, and he kept just kind of getting at her. And um, it finally gets to this last moment where the presence of God has been there, and somebody needs to pray to end it. And Jim says, well, I think Kathy should end this in prayer. And I knew Kathy was going to look for me, so I, like, I, I, like, slid behind a pillar. <laughs> I was like... And she got up there and she held on to the chair. I don't know whose might have been Robert's chair or something. And she was shaking. And then she prayed. And the power of God was in her prayer. And that night she sang happy birthday to Robert in front of everybody in Spanish. And we always say about Jim that, Jim, you changed Kathy's life. I mean, it was the Lord. Of course it was. But he had help, you know, and you were there. Um, so then, you know, there was John and Judy Lowry and... Uh, Dave and Marilyn Thompson, they made such a difference in our lives. At one point, Dave sat with us at a breakfast, and he said, uh, Jamie, how do you recharge? And I shared some things. And he said, Kathy, how do you recharge? And something happened where prophetically, all of a sudden, he just looked up, and he looked at me. He was the kindest man. But he looked at me, and he just said, you're pressuring her, aren't you? And he was dead right. And uh, yeah. Uh, or the time that Kevin found out that we had 20 keys to our apartment for our whole team, and he took me aside and said, what kind of idiot are you that you don't know? <laughs> but for me, it wasn't a conference that I came to because it had cool name tags, though. These are great. Uh, thank you. Yeah. And it really wasn't about the sacrifice it took to get there. It was about that our lives were changing as we were encountering something together, and, and we loved it. Um, there is very little of who we are that doesn't come out of the mixture of that group of people. And being pastored by, by Robert and Sue, we didn't just get Robert and Sue, but we got everyone. And I could talk about Brian and Kathy and the stories in their house, or Mark and Karen. I mean, I just don't want to miss anybody, but they're just so... Randy Reinhardt. Randy, about five, six years ago, just had me come and be in Baltimore to try to launch Boy the Ball in Baltimore. We just like a buddy cop television show, driving around in his car together through the slums of Baltimore. It was awesome. And, and telling all the stories of the old days of the fellowship and, and uh, great stories. Um, meeting Chuck as well. I could go on and I don't want to miss people. There's too, too many. Then what came out of those times, and specifically as the younger guys started to came in, come in were a lot of things we did together. Things that in the old days, the next conference, uh, there have been summer camps, there have been mission trips. It's kind of cool, the new Camp Overcomers. There's a lot of Camp Overcomers attendees here. Uh, and so it's a whole nother generation of guys that are like, that I keep like reaching back and getting to like bump this with and be around. But um, just had so many opportunities to do things that have come out of this. John Norton has got me involved in more activities that I've gotten in trouble for than any person in my life, uh, except for Jesus. So uh, I live my daily life in connection with the people in this room. Like you are not 
different to me. I could go around the room. I could talk about uh, Dan Tiffany or other people that I've just had moments where I got to be with you Gallagher's. I, I don't know how to do being me without you. And I wouldn't want to, to be honest with you. Um, so with all those nice things said, I'd like to accuse you of something relatively negative about the fact that we're a spiritual family. And, or that we're a family, and this is like a family reunion. I agree that we're a spiritual family, but that the conference is a family reunion. And I just want to say by that that I, I want to accuse you of the marketing scheme of bait and switch. I think you've done some bait and switch with me because I'm not here just because it's a family reunion. And I honestly am going to say something that could be racy and other older, smarter people will be up later that can correct this missiologically and historically. But I don't even believe that's why I ACM exists is because just of a group of human relationships. I believe that ACM exists because a group of people had an encounter with the power and the presence of God. And that happened before ACM came into existence. And when that happened, yes, a lot of things happened that ended up with an iteration of us together in Peachtree City at ACM. And then that, that over the years with healing and a lot of things that were happening turned into what we find today. But the thing that I would say is that um, the presence together, thing that gives us our oomph. And I'm, I'm pulling from, um, yeah, I'm pulling from a guy named Dow Robinson that you guys know. Um, you know, and I, I don't even think it was just the phenomenological kind of pieces. Yes, I think um, there were tongues and being baptized in the Holy Spirit. There's miraculous healing, deliverance from evil spirits, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But I think more than that, I remember the year in 2001 where Dow got up and he spoke in a morning and he took us from like Genesis to Revelations and he just, he started talking about those Indians in the Pacific Northwest that identified with this thundering silence. And he talked about the presence in the garden as God would come and walk in the cool of the day. And then he really focused in on Exodus and he kind of focused in on Moses, who's this guy who has this encounter with a burning bush, which is pretty cool and very dynamic. And then he has this relationship with God that leads them through the miracles that happen to get them away from Pharaoh and through the Red Sea. Um, and it was an incredible, it was always incredible to be around Tao, but Tao had the sense of the presence. There was a sense of the presence and that we had had an encounter with the presence of God. And it, and it was it was important. I want to read to you some of the verses that he referred to or referred around. So this is Exodus 33, 7. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. So Moses went camping different than we did. And uh, anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people went to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to their tent. And the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. You know the verse right there when it says face to face? 
it's actually the same word that a few verses later is used for presence. It was that he was present. It's kind of kind of interesting the way the guy translated it and shifted it there. But, um, but let's read that again. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one who speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp. But his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Cool discipleship relationship, you know, like Joshua gets to be there. And then here's the, the next part. Moses says to the Lord, You've been telling me, lead these people, but you've not let me know whom you'll send with me. You've said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that, that this nation is your people. <laughs> and the Lord replied, this is an incredible thing to hear God say to you. My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. If you hear that, everything changes doesn't matter what you're facing, everything changes. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here, but distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth. And the Lord said to Moses, I'll do the very thing you've asked, because I'm pleased with you and I know you by name. You know, I, I've come here, I was praying the other morning, and I have a time in my quiet times where I just try to worship him, just try to like say things to him I need to say. And I said to him the other day, I said, I've I've run after being around great men of God, not because I wanted to impress them or because I wanted them to be impressed by me, but because I saw traces of you and, and them, and I thought I could get closer to you by getting closer and learning from them how to, how to know you and love you. And, and I would say that that's why I have come to ACM. And that's what this is. It's a group, it's a receptacle, it's a gathering of people who have had a unique encounter or experience with the power of God and with his presence. And as a younger person, it was a place to learn. And as an older person now, it's a place to learn. And I don't come out of any meeting giving you three to five stars on an Amazon review. I come out of the meeting because I found more of him, I got closer. And if it's ever just been meetings I come to once a year, it's also not working. I found a way into your living rooms or into your lives because you're the group that God's put me with. You're not the only people I've ever learned about him from, but you are the people that are the family I come from. Um, Dow would say things in the old days that were pretty great. There's one moment where Dow said, we're going to disciple militaries. <laughs> it's just a funny morning. It was around 2008 or so. And he was talking about the powers of the present age or the powers of the eternal powers coming into this age. And um, he said, we're going to disciple militaries. And I thought, what in the world does he mean? But then a few years around then, we were, we were hired by a military base to like, come in and reach their young people. And he said we were going to power, we, were, we would disciple corporations. Some of you will disciple corporations. And just a year meeting with the Western Union Corporation in Central America for all their Central American offices, and one of their vice presidents introduced us and said, uh, these guys are my heroes, and I just want, uh, Jamie, would you just share your testimony? And so we got to share our testimony with all these things. And those are my stories, but I know each of you have had stories of where those things happened. We got to come together and learn what it means to be a people of his presence. I, I, think, I think the great part of inviting in a younger generation has been the younger generation being here to catch something. I think the dangerous part is, we lose if, is if we lose that exceptional pursuit 
of the presence of God together that makes us different than anybody else. If we lose that, they could come to any conference. And when Charles said that, when they asked him, have you ever lost sight of your mission? I think there's times we're in the midst of all that we do and all the fun that we have that we probably have lost that. But that's the thing that will change it. That's the thing that will change us and we lose each other one day, or that's the thing that will continue to change us into this adventure that we're called to. When they started to talk about the different things that are the eternal things or the things that are enduring and what to pass on, for me, I wouldn't want to just pass on any doctrinal truth or anything like that. I would want to pass on his presence and being a people of his presence. And so what we're going to do, I'm going to share three points, but then after that, what we're going to do is have um, the worship team come up, and you guys can start to come up just for the sake of time. And then we're going to have a few couples, including Mark and Karen, come forward to pray for people. And for many of you, you were impacted, as Mark and Karen shared today, and there wasn't an opportunity for you to respond and be prayed for by them. And so they'll be here to pray for you. Um, but there will also be uh, Roger and Darlene Hyatt. Roger is an extremely prophetic leader. I've seen Roger go around a conference of 100 people and give a word to each person, and then I've seen the after effects. So I know that, uh, I know that there are people that need to be touched by God this morning, and I think rather than talking about the presence of God with a bunch of words, it's a much more important thing is just to encounter him together, and so we'll do that. So... Um, uh, the couples that we'll have come forward will be Roger and Ray, and we'll let them be over here so they have a little bit of space. The Mark and Karen, you guys can be here. Chris and Donna will be here, um, over here. Um, me and Kathy will be here. And then Gordon and Selena, you guys can find a, a space, yeah, wherever you want. Okay, so these are my three points, and then I'll get out of the way. If you, uh, if you really are in a situation where you're, you're doing great, what we'll do is for the next 15 or 16 minutes, uh, Pat and the team will lead us in worship and in experiencing his presence that way. As we get to around noon, if you're really, really great, Pat will dismiss us and you can head on to lunch. But if there are people that, that need to be prayed for, then, then for sure you'll have an opportunity. Okay, so here are my points, and I'll read them so I can be succinct. Point number one, for us, for ACM to continue, it will take more men and women running back to where I gather to share stories of breakthrough and of seeing his hand move. We'll need to see a next generation hungry to live these things, coming here to learn how to see these things happen where they live. We'll need a next generation of leaders with the faith and vision to guide us along the way. So it's interesting at the end of the book of Exodus, this is the last, the last paragraph. In all the travels of the Israelites, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out until the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day, and fire was in the cloud by night, in the sight of all the Israelites during all their travels. And I think if we learn to be a group of people that are led by his presence, and even more importantly, sometimes limited by his presence, we have a better chance in the days ahead, regardless of which generation it is leading the way. Um, point number two, a lot of us experienced the presence of God coming into our broken situations, and so it was extremely powerful. And Brother Charles always says we, we complain sometimes that we don't see miraculous power these days. But many of us, we've been healed. We've had all these things happen. And if you hang around with a group of saints who have been together a long time, there's a little less need for miracles 
than on the streets of Lexington, you know. So one secret for us is to really pay attention to what Charles has been saying to us since the late 80s, which is if we lose the mission, it is very, very difficult to encounter the presence of God because he's on that mission. And if you're going to be with him, you've got to join him in it. It hasn't been our strength. We are better at convening than we are at dispersing out. And specifically, we're better at strategically convening than we are at dispersing strategically. And we'll have to learn how to do that if we're going to see the power of God together. Yeah. The final point that I would say to you is even with a group that has been so blessed and that has blessed me so much, one of the things that I think Mark and Karen did such a good job of doing is showing that we ourselves are facing significant transitions, really deep things. For some of the younger ones, things that are unresolved. For some of the older ones, things that are unresolved. And we need his presence. We will never not need his presence. And so I'm going to pray for us. And uh, we'll go ahead and ask the couples to come forward. And so just worship him. But if you would like to be prayed for, if it would help you for God to touch you or to speak to you, then um, here we go. So you couples, go ahead and come forward if you don't mind. And you can stand facing outward. And here we go. Jesus, we are grateful for what you've done in all of our lives. We're not the experts and the authors that now get to talk in beautiful prose about you. But we're still right here with you grateful that you're here with us, grateful that we're your disciples following you into life, following you into what you're doing, following you into seeing your power impact our communities, including our churches, but even those who aren't, haven't got there yet. So Lord, we turn together and we are grateful for what you have done already this morning and last night, but we seek you the way Charles told us to. We seek you and we seek your presence this morning. Lord, help us to open up our hearts. Help us to turn to you. And Lord, help us to find you. And I pray, Lord, for people who are in situations that you bring up to their hearts, to the top of their hearts, the things that you're touching. And they wouldn't be afraid either just to encounter you where they're sitting or to come and and to be prayed for. And Lord, we give you this time in Jesus' name. Amen.